Oh, that's new. Which one? <laughs> they uh, it flashed like we're live, so I didn't see that before. How's oh. everybody doing? <laughs> and I'm over here on my phone. Come on. <laughs> Hi, Chris. <laughs> hey, how you doing, Abby? I'm doing good. Happy Wednesday. Happy, Happy Wednesday, Wednesday, cousins. Come on, how are you guys doing out there? <laughs> so good stuff. Sure. So, um, man, it was the week has went by like so quickly. We're already now in a new month, right? So if it's a new month, we're starting a new edition, you know. Yes. A uh, new series on, on for the month. So what you got for us today? Today we have, um, today we're going to go over the foundation of um, of a business. So we want to actually teach you guys how to start a business from A to Z. Perfect, perfect. So guys, um, this is your first time, uh, you know, viewing us. This is the red line, right? I want you to go ahead and click like and subscribe below. Um, you know, we're going to have an exciting episode. My name is Christopher Bush, financial advisor. I'm Abby Joseph, your tax strategist. Awesome. You know, so let's go ahead and cue our intro. That's Hunter. So we are ready to go, right? You are frozen. You said I'm frozen right now? Wait, wait, wait. Here's the funny thing. You look like you're sleeping. <laughs> wait, how am I? Wait, I'm frozen right now. I mean, because I'm. Uh, I'm yeah. right now. Yes, you're frozen. Vic, can you see I'm frozen too? Yes, we can see you. <laughs> Lord have mercy. How what it do, cuz? Hold on. <laughs> Guys, did you guys see how Chris was frozen? He looked like he was sleeping. <laughs> but we are going to get started, guys. Welcome to the red line. <laughs> For the month of May, we talked about life insurance. We talked about having um, a business life insurance. We went over um, term, whole life, index, universal life. Um, we gave you an overview of not only to just have life insurance or to have the conversation at home, but we also went over um, the value of life insurance and the value of, um, of just having something being prepared for you when you go. So for the month of June, we do have a new series for you guys. We are going to go over um, the foundation of how to actually start your business from A to Z. Right. And Chris is also going to go over with you guys, you know, what are the best um, ways financially, you know, to have your business um, intact. So I hope you guys are going to stick with us for the month of June as we tackle um, that subject. And I hope you guys enjoy it. I can see yeah. you now, Chris. Come on. I had a, you know, re-enter, come back in. We're good. We're good. Oh, we're good. We're good. You know, I'm still laughing because um, you did look like you were sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I got. I guess I have to watch the replay to see what I we'll see what I look like. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna get started, guys. Um, 
So when it comes to the foundation of building your business or starting your business, some of you guys probably already are running a business or some of you guys are thinking about a startup. Um, some of you guys are probably running a business, but you don't even know if you if you are running it the right way or if you have the right structure. So for this series, we want to go over first with you the structure of your business. What are the different structures? What are the different type of entity, the pros and the cons? Um, when should you pivot from one to the other? Um, so tonight we do have a great um, show for you guys. Let's actually pull up this screen real quick. Let's pull this up while you guys boom, boom, boom. Yes. So tonight we're going to go over choosing the right entity for your business. It is extremely important that you do choose the right entity for your business because um, one of the things that I found that I do a lot is I do entity audit. So what does what is an entity audit, Abby? It's when um, a, a, um, a client comes in and they want me to review the structure of their business to see if one, um, the structure is aligned with the industry that they're currently in. Do they actually have the right structure? Um, is it time for them to pivot to a different um, type of entity? So it's always important for you to know the different type of entities that are available and the structure of them. Okay. So there are several different type of entity. One, which you will find the most popular entity is the sole proprietorship. And people get the sole proprietorship and the single member LLC very confused. They are different. A sole proprietorship is, is literally just like if you are running under your social security number, you don't necessarily have to have an EIN with a, um, with a sole proprietorship. You, um, it's literally subcontractors, usually a sole proprietor, 10, um, 1099 miscellaneous or 1099 NEC are usually sole proprietor. So the sole proprietorship is by far, I would say the easiest and the quickest business entity that is available. There's no formal entity that you need to create. There's no partner that are involved. You are not to, you are not even required to have a EIN when it comes to a sole proprietorship. So there is no separate tax return to complete um, when it comes to a sole proprietor. So your income and your expense are included on your personal tax return, which is your 1040. So okay. what you're pretty much just including is a Schedule C. Your Schedule C is where you would enter your expense, your deductions, like your um, your accounting expense or your home office expense. Um, what else? Your telephone um, expense or um, continuing education expense. All of those would go under your Schedule C. However, there are serious tax complication that you should be considered when you are going to be um, um, a sole proprietorship. Another thing too, on the law side, um, if you ever speak with a business attorney, they will tell you the reason why some people prefer um, an LLC over a sole proprietorship is because the sole proprietorship has no protection. So there's no limited liability. Um, if you ever hear me teach, you will hear me say that the LLC is kind of like an, an umbrella, right? It's a protection. It protects your personal asset. So that's the biggest difference between a sole proprietorship and an LLC. There are some advantages, okay? Um, it is easy and expensive, you know, to form. Um, many times nothing is really needed. Um, you can actually 
be functioning under a sole proprietorship under your social security number. So you really don't even need to create an entity. Okay. Um, you are in complete control of the company and there's no partnership. Um, those are the advantage. The disadvantage you'll find is that you are personally responsible for the liabilities. And that's why you will find that I'm more towards uh, um, an LLC, a limited liability instead of the sole proprietor is because of that liability protection. All right. Um, there is self-employment tax. Um, no formal entity, like we said, may not look as professional when it comes to running a business. So if I'm running a business and I don't have an EIN, it's usually hard for me to obtain loans, you know, to get grants. Um, so when you are functioning as a sole proprietorship with no EIN, it's very hard for you to obtain those benefits. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So now, although no EIN is required on a sole proprietorship, you will need um, um, one if you plan to hire employees. So I'm going to give you an example. I had a truck driver who um, who runs his own trucking company and he was functioning under a sole proprietorship, but then he was hiring people. And I was like, no, you can't hire people. You can't hire people without an EIN. So as a sole proprietor, if you do not want to operate under your personal name, you can form um, um, doing a business as a DBA, um, like doing business as. So even if you don't want um, your personal information, or you don't want to create an entity, you can always do your sole proprietorship with a DBA, okay? Um, which allows you then to market your business under a name, all right? So in the past, and statistically, sole proprietors are audited more often than any other business entities. So it's a huge disadvantage um, to be in a radar, um, to be red flag when it comes for IRS to red flag you when it comes to um, a sole proprietor. Now, Chris, do you get clients that are functioning under a sole proprietor? Not very many, honestly. What like when I when I'm setting them up things up, most of the time mm -hmm. there's not a sole proprietor. Uh, a lot of times they do have at least an LLC. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, I, again, I, I think sometimes people understand when it comes to a business, we think about getting an LLC, a business card, those type thing, a website. But yeah. to me, it's really more about the income that we're generating that's going to dictate what business entity that we go into originally. Right. Mm -hmm. Just because we start in one business entity, that doesn't mean that's where we're going to end as our as our income increases. Right. That is correct. Uh, you know, I, you know, especially if some if something is like a, a hobby that they're turning into mm -hmm. a business, maybe right off the bat. I don't know if you agree, but. Yeah. Maybe they wouldn't have a LLC in the beginning, right? Let's 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 Correct. let's have a proof of concept first, right? <laughs> um, so that first year they're maybe filing just on their social, those type things. And then if they're making, what would you say, over thirty or fifty thousand dollars, we may go mm -hmm. to the next step. Or talk to what, what, do you, what does that look like for you? I always say it all depends on the industry. So if okay. it is a hobby, right, then there's there's no entity that's needed to um, for you to create a hobby because a hobby is such something we do for pleasure. But when we're when we're looking at something to um, to create income, right, um, which yeah. is what a business is. I always tell people if you are running a business, you need to respect that entity as such because it is not a hobby. You are in business to make money. So if you're not making money, this is more of a hobby. So as long as you have the attention of entering this industry to make money, then you need an entity. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. You need an entity. So one of the another thing too, guys, would come with sole proprietorship. You do have your self-employment tax, um, which is 
the biggest and the most obvious dis disadvantage of a sole proprietor. Um, you are required to pay a 15.3% FICA on an active um, um, business earning, which is so pretty much you're looking at the 15.3 plus federal. So if I'm in the tax bracket and I'm at 20%, that's 20% plus 15.3. So it can it can get a little crazy. Um, for an example, I had a client who is, was a subcontractor and she's a doctor. She's a subcontractor. And we're looking at um, $350,000 on a, on a 1099 where there wasn't any estimated tax that was paid prior. So then you're looking at 15.3 plus 22 percent. That's a lot. Gotcha. That's a lot. And you don't want that. So then. So then in that scenario, what would be best for that client? What would be best for that client is to take that client under a subcontractor, but um, create an entity, an LLC for that client, and then elect them as an escort so then they can flow, flow with payroll and I pay see. the payroll tax. So then they would not be responsible to pay that 15.3. Awesome. That makes sense? Yeah, complete sense. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's look at an example, right? So let's just say you um, you made a hundred thousand dollars, right? You have expense of thirty thousand dollars that leaves you a profit in about seventy thousand dollars. All right, if we're looking at seventy thousand dollars, you have self employment tax, which is fifteen point three. That's ten thousand seven hundred and ten dollars, right? About and I would say about ninety percent of business owner sole proprietors, or about eighty five percent of those individuals, should be taxed as an S corp. They just don't know that. Um, um, they just I can, don't I can, I can definitely see that. Yeah. There's, yeah, I think there's so many. I mean, most a lot of my clients that come to me, especially they're having a, a decent sized business, but don't have a tax tax strategy CPA. They mm -hmm. they really didn't understand. Hey, look, I probably should be that S corp right by now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is um, that is absolutely true. That is very true. So um, it's very important to like you want to you want to speak with your accountant or your tax strategist. And if you're running a business or even if you are trading under an entity um, and, and, and see what are the options that are available to you. Like I had a young trader um, who was sitting in two point one million dollar cash and he's trading under his social. Do wow. the math. Wow. Like you're going to be angry. Like you don't need to wait till you make the money, then go learn what you need to know prior. Right. Yeah. So when you're looking at a $250,000 tax um, liability, um, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I don't want to give iOS $250,000. No, absolutely not. Not have to. <laughs> that would, that would probably, that would make me angry. <laughs> that would make me angry. And I was probably angry for, um, for them as well. Come so on. when it comes to the limited liability company, right? So um, a limited liability company is, is an entity organized under your state law. So it can include just one owner, which is a single member or multiple member. Um, the main reason you want to form an LLC is for the asset protection. I will say it and I will continue to say it, right? So if I come after you to sue you, um, my ass, my personal assets are protected. Yeah. And, and remember, the word is limited liability. That means that, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean all personal assets. <laughs> so there are um, little tax advantage to LLC um, in of itself. But in the eyes of IRS, an LLC with more than one member is taxed as a partnership. So th that's like another issue that I that I was seeing a lot this year is that people was creating LLCs with multiple members, right? And they thought they could just complete a tax return with just a 1040. Wow. With a Schedule C. No, it's actually a partnership. So you have to actually complete 
a partnership return, which is a 1065. Gotcha. So talking about taxation, guys, will forever be boring. Talking about accounting, talking about in, uh, business, the structure of business, those things will always be boring. But it is those things, it is those foundation that will actually be able to get you to, to the success that you, you are desiring to get to, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, what else when it comes to LLCs? It is you do have to pay a 15.3 self-employment. You do have the option, right, of how you want to be taxed when it yeah, comes that's, to an that's LLC. A good, this is a good point. I mean, I think people need to. Yeah, this is good. Go ahead. Yeah. So the options that you have available is you can choose to be taxed, right, as an S corp, right, um, or you can choose to be taxed as a C corp. All right. Um, so. Now, with the S-Corp, if you are considering a limited partner, your income will only be subject to ordinary income tax. You will not be subject to self-employment tax. So if me and my husband um, created this LLC, it's no longer a single member LLC. It's a partnership. And I tell all my prospect and all my clients this. I don't care if he's the best man or if she's the best woman or if she's the best sister you ever had or this is my best friend, my ride or die, whatever you guys want to call them, it is so important to have an operating agreement. Regardless if it is your wife, you want to have an agreement. And the reason why is because humanly speaking, all of us are wonderful beings as we make money. But when we start losing money, people start showing their ugly faces, right? So when these ugly faces come out, it's so important to pull out that, that little document and say, listen, these were our terms and conditions, regardless if that is your husband. Like even with husband and wife, I make them do agreements. And if they're if they're part if they're partners in a business together. Correct. Yeah. I make them do an agreement. Um, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed how, well, babe, that's not what we discuss. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't know that you were going to use that much money. <laughs> so to help you guys out with those. Have an agreement. An agreement is so, 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 so important. So the wow. partnership, though, is not subject to self-employment tax. So you do not have to worry about SE tax. All gotcha. right. Let's see. Go back here. All right. The advantage, personal protection, protects your partners from action of other partners, um, can be owned by a C corporation, um, by a corporation, um, the ability to allocate pros, um, profit across multiple partners. Um, one of probably say my favorite thing to do, especially for my real estate clients, is let's just say you want to have multiple entities, right? Uh, or you're going to have multiple LLC. What's usually best to do is to create a holding company, right? Create that holding company. A lot of my real estate uh, investors do this. So we create a holding company. Under that holding company, um, you have all the different LLC. Gotcha. Which, which is really, really, um, it helps. Instead of having like, I had a client that owns like 25 properties. He had 25 LLCs, yeah. you know, or he, he just, every year he, he opened a new LLC, which, which drove me crazy. You do so, not so need to open a new LLC every year. So, so, so you're saying for real estate, they don't need to have a, you don't recommend like having a, um, a LLC for every, for different properties or? I do. You, okay. It is very important that you have a different LLC for each properties, but you can have that LLC under the holding company. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the holding company could be running those LLCs. Gotcha. Yeah. It's a smooth process. All right. Um, with the um, LLC, less record keeping um, compared to a corporation. 
um, that you will find is a good advantage when it comes to um, um, an LLC. Now, the disadvantage you'll find is, again, formal entity formation is required. SE tax is required. The only um, For my traders that do trade, I do want yeah. you to know if you are trading under an entity, uh, if you are trading under an LLC, you are not subject to self-employment tax. Okay. IRS makes it clear that um, you are not subject to um, self-employment tax on um, publication 429. If you go to irs.gov and publication 429, it will specifically tell you that you are not subject to self-employment tax. So I do want to show you guys that. Uh, where are you? There you go. So your gains and your losses from selling securities from being a trader are not subject to self-employment tax. Gotcha. So it's very important. This is why, too, when you're creating that entity to trade, it's very important for you to actually um, create that entity. That entity needs to be specifically for trading because any other LLC is subject to self-employment tax. Yeah. All right. So depending on the state um, that you are that you organize, you may find high filing fees possible as well. There's one one thing to um, Chris that I see people are are doing and it and, and I'm not sure if they're getting it from social media um, is that yes there are some states that is easier for you to create your entity but it's also very important for you to know your state guidelines right what is the guidelines in your state like for an example I'm in Florida I may want to uh, create my entity in Delaware because it's cheaper in Delaware right and Delaware probably have more benefits than Florida but when I go open that business checking account that bank is going to require that my entity is also registered in the state of Florida. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's very important for you to understand the state that you are creating your entity in, but it's also very important for you to understand your current state and their requirements. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, even for me, like, uh, you know, same thing, it, it, it matters where you're also doing business. So you can set up mm -hmm. an entity in, in um, Delaware, in Wyoming or Nevada. But just because yeah. you, but sometimes your California is still going to tax me, right? So a lot of times, oh well, I don't have to pay California state tax because I have this Delaware company. That's always not the case, right? So yeah. that's where even if you set up an entities in another location, you may be susceptible to that your current or another state's taxes uh, mm -hmm. based on how you're doing business and running your company. Correct. I had someone that had an entity in, in New York, so and she had her entity in New York, and she moved to Florida. When she got to Florida. She had to re-register that entity yeah. um, and she had to make sure that, you know, she closed the previous one or send a letter to IRS and let IRS know that that entity is no longer active for the state. Now, remember, when you create your entity, there is the um, the federal level, the state level and the county level. Yeah. All of those three are very important. So in the federal level, the um, IRS do not care where you create your entity. IRS do not care. As long as you pay IRS, IRS really do not care. <laughs> what you do as long as you pay them or as long as you stay ethical and you do what they say they don't care so on the federal level there's not much regulation right but on the state level is where all of the rules comes in so it's so important to understand the state level um i did say earlier that it is important to structure as well design agreement when involving partner. You have no idea how many times partners go crazy. And you want to be able, you want to make sure you speak with a business attorney um, that should um, complete your um, that agreement for you. Okay. Okay. 
So um, now we're not going to stay. Um, we'll probably finish the rest of those um, 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 next week. But most of the questions that I usually get is, um, where do I report activities um, from a sole proprietor or LLC? A sole proprietor is considered a pass-through entity, guys. So you file the activity from a sole proprietor on your personal tax return, which is your Form 1040. And then your expenses, you do that on the Schedule C. If you are a single member, you would do the same thing. If you are a multi-member, multi which is a, or a partnership, you would report the activity on a business tax return. So now you're doing two tax return. Um, the okay. business tax return, you would complete Form 1065. Um, which is the partnership return, and then you would that would generate a K one, and the K one then you would use to complete your personal return. Gotcha. Okay, so those are the most common questions that I get um, when it comes to sole proprietor or um, um, LLC. Now, C corp, you'll be amazed how everybody think um, they're ready to start a C corp, but they don't understand C corp is probably not. I wouldn't say the worst, but it's the hardest entity to manage. Yeah, and to maintain. To maintain, and yeah. C corp is taxed at the corporate level, whereas when you're looking at an LLC or an, um, um, or taxed as an S corp, the entity itself is not taxed. So. If you're looking at like an S corp, you are not taxed on the distribution, whereas a C corp, you are taxed like a, a top level. So a C corporation um, is usually try to stir clients. Uh, I, I try to stir them away from a C corp unless they have a large company yeah. or, or, they're, or seeking a large or amount. They, yes. or they're planning on selling shares, right, yeah. of their company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Or a large amount of outside funding. Like say for an example, someone would come and they'll say, Abby, I have, I have $200 million, right? Um, and I'm starting this company. You want that company to be a C-Corp because yeah. we're taking a large amount of money outside, right? Funding to start this startup yeah. or this company. So if yeah. you think a C-Corp is right for your company, you have, I say, you want to make sure you talk to a professional because Perfect. don't just open the C-Corp and you don't even know what is oh, the line? Lord, now, my, now Abby's is frozen. I'm frozen? See, I don't think it was me. Am I frozen? Vic, you there? Okay, you back. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> you got frozen too. Oh, I got frozen. Okay, awesome. So with C Corp, like I said, you guys, you want to make sure that you understand what you are getting yourself into before jumping in the idea of C Corp. All right. Um, the advantage is limited liability, ability to gen, um, generate capital. Like that's literally the biggest part of a sequel. You want to generate capital. The disadvantage is very costly and is very time consuming, you yeah. know, to start and operate. And a C-Corp, you are taxed double. You are taxed on the corporate income and dividends. Yeah. And C-Corp are highly regulated. So an extensive paperwork when it comes to C-Corp. So if you're just starting this e-commerce, um, I'm not sure if the C-Corp would be the best entity for you. <laughs> if you're just starting that that uh, that Amazon, whatever. Amazon store, right? Yeah, the Amazon store, a C-Corp is not it, guys. Okay, just uh, Amazon store would just be a sole provider, all right? Um or so I guess, I guess yeah. mm -hmm. no, it's or LLC, so sole proprietor yeah. LLC or, or LLC. Yeah. yeah, I did have a trader that had a large um lump sum of money that he made in the stock market, and we needed to move that money, right? And and he was looking at um real estate, right, to move that money into. Um, so since we're taking 
all that money that he made in the stock market and we're moving it to another business, a C-Corp is going to be best for him. Yeah. Okay. So the biggest disadvantage we said is that you double tax, right? The income of your business is taxed at a corporate rate. Then when you take <laughs> dividends, you are also taxing those. I, I don't like C-Corps, but yeah. that's just me. <laughs> Um, this is the biggest reason that most small business operate as a C corporation. Um, it can hurt you on the tax side. Um, there are situations where C corp might be necessary for certain scenarios, you know, but not all the time, guys. Not all the time. This is my favorite. Do you have a favorite entity? Uh, I mean, I use S corps a, a lot. Um, so yeah, so I, I I do enjoy having an S corp. Yeah, I like S corp. Um, the S corp is my favorite. It is. Um, mm. I like getting rid of that part, right? Yep. (laughs) As long as I can avoid paying taxes, whatever I can avoid paying taxes, that's going to be my favorite. That's going to always be my favorite, right? Um, You you, you avoid a good portion of self-employment tax. You don't even have to pay the 15.3. It is also important to understand that you can register an LLC and simply be taxed as an S-Corp. That's that's like the simple way. Um, the advantage is the tax saving, um, the 15.3. But it's so important for you to know that if you are going to have an S-Corp, it is required that you are in payroll. So then when we talked about that pivoting, right? So let's just say I start off with a single member LLC and I start making that $40,000, $50,000, then I want to pivot because I don't want to be taxed 15.3 plus federal on 50,000. So yeah. I want to pivot then and elect as an S corp. And if you want to elect as an S corp and you're writing notes, you want to complete form 2553, right? Um, you elect as an S corp, then you take payroll. And when we talk about payroll, it needs to be a reasonable salary. So what you cannot do is be making $500,000 and then pay yourself 10,000. That's not reasonable. Got you. Yeah, that's not reasonable. I I um I had someone pay themselves their total the total income they made in the company. You can't do that either. So if you made a hundred thousand dollars and you pay yourself a hundred thousand dollars, you're cheating. Gotcha. <laughs> you're cheating because you're not taxed on the on the um on the business level. So you're not taxed on the um an escort level. So you only tax on a payroll. So you literally just did a W-2 with 100K. For no reason. <laughs> For no reason. Yeah. Um, with the S-Corp, the company does not end when a shareholder leaves. And that's one of the things I love about S-Corp as well, too. Um, the disadvantage, stricter operational process. Shareholders working in the business must receive reasonable compensation. And it is two different tax returns that you are completing. Okay. So as a shareholder is active in the business, you are required. I will find people that will say, um, I have two shareholders, but he has a W-2, so he doesn't need to get paid. No, yeah. that's not how it works. You yeah. both need to get paid. You both have to pay FICA. Mm-hmm. You both have to, you both, you both, both have to pay um, FICA. Um, it is, I would say it is best. If you are looking at creating your entity, it's usually good to sit with a business attorney or an accountant, okay, um, and and to go especially to go over um, the salary that um, you're looking um, to pay yourself. Um, any payments to yourself is considered distribution, and it is tax free. So let's just say there's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in this business. I pay myself a hundred thousand dollar. 
I may also just take another $50,000. That's going to call owner's yeah. draw, right? Or owner's, um, yeah, owner's draw. So if I take that $50,000, that $50,000 is not taxed. Wow. It's not taxed. So, so you can pay, you can actually withdraw funds from the business and that is tax free. What is taxed is your payroll. That's how IRS takes their taxation is from the payroll. So then if my clients have a high tax liability, right? So what we can do is we could say, Hey, have you thought about giving yourself a bonus? That's why you find those people, what they will do is they give themselves a bonus every December. Why do you think they give the a lot of bonuses given in December? Yep, to, to lower that taxable income, right? To lower that net income. <laughs> and then that bon that um that bonus, if it is an owner's draw, that owner's draw that draw is 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 tax free on the distribution side. So Perfect. now one of the questions that I do have, because I know you have business owners that comes and that sits in your desk. What what problems do you see them having, especially on the structure side? Yeah, I mean, the, on the structure side, I think it, it becomes to where they just don't have a structure, number one, or they're in the wrong structure. Like we said, talked about earlier, maybe they have an LLC, but they're running numbers to where their CPA or their person that was filing their taxes never said, OK, well, look, you're making two hundred thousand. You're making a half a million dollars or however, but you're still paying self-employment tax because the way that you're the way they are filing. Right. So yeah. that part doesn't make sense. So you have to transfer to that self that, that S corporation. Uh, and then again, I guess the second thing would be just understanding, well, if you have a tax plan and you're focused on doing that towards the end of the year, like November, December time frame, and you feel like you're going to have you know money that you would have to pay out in taxes to make sure you have the proper retirement account, right, to make sure, OK, well, I can either if I have an, uh, more than one employee. Um, mm -hmm. I make sure I have a 401k to where that way I can not only give myself a bonus, but I can give a proper sharing to my employees as well. If right. I've got to give the money to the IRS, then I'd rather give it to my employees to boost, exactly. boost morale, right? If I'm going to have to give away something um, or maybe they should have a simple or a SEP or those type yep. things. Right? But assessing what type of plan they should have in order to, OK, let me get ready to see, OK, how I'm going to uh, you know, pay the IRS. Well, maybe I can lower some of my income that I was going to have to pay to them and make sure I put it into the right type of account. Yeah. That's that's perfect. Like especially with my clients that are under on on S corp, if we're looking at a high tax liability and we need to move money, first thing I'm gonna say is, have you thought about a solo 401k or have you thought about SEP? You yeah. know, do you have a financial advisor that you can sit with to go that's over true. those options? Because even as an accountant, we have lines and we try to stay um, stay in our lane um, yeah. and make sure that we don't cross that lane. So the minute that I'm seeing that he or she have a high tax liability, I'm saying, hey, listen, you need to sit with Christopher. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good. So right. then like um, I'll, I'll use a scenario. So. I'll have a client that we went over all of their deductions. They've used every single deductions that they currently have. Um, and we're looking at um, a net income of around 150 to 250,000. What options or what advice would you have for them, Chris? They said my picture is frozen again. Is it frozen? Am I frozen? <laughs> yeah, but we can hear you. Uh, say that one more time. So um, with a scenario, right? So we have a client, right? who net income, not gross income, but net. Um, remember, we are taxed on our net income. We are not taxed on our gross income. So we're looking at 100 um, to 250,000, right, of net income. We've reviewed all of um, the deductions that they can actually take, all the benefits, all the credits they can take. So then I'm sending that client to you, Chris. 
what option does that client have when it comes to, uh, or what would you advise that client to do with the, with that money? And how, how much how much is left over? We're looking at about a two, 200, 250,000 net. That they, that they need to get away from. Yeah. Right. I mean, so maybe a combination. If they have an employer-sponsored plan, we want to ha- uh, contribute there. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure they're contributing to the max of 22,500 personally. And then I want to make sure based on 25% of their gross, we can do a, we can do another proper share. Okay. That would be mm-hmm. for them. And then also if they have employees. Now, if I also mm-hmm. have a, um, an em- employee, I'm sorry, a business owner that makes a high income, sometimes we may have to introduce a cash balance plan. OK, mm-hmm. so a cash balance plan is, is again, it's another way for you to, to kind of contribute more than the mm-hmm. limit that you would be able to inside of a 401k. Right. So a cash balance plan is pretty much, uh, uh, you know, to make it simple, more like a pension plan. Right. For okay. a company. See, a lot of times people don't understand, like, OK, why was a pension plan put in place? Well, mm-hmm. it's also not just to provide a guaranteed lifetime income, maybe in, a, in the future, but also a form of that is a cash balance plan to where they can put over and above the limits that they could be into a normal retirement account. OK, so I actually have a client right now. She makes about almost two million dollars a year. OK, mm-hmm. um, well, we're maxing out on the 401k. We're maxing out as much as we can in the yeah. property. But because of that, she needs, still needs some extra deductions some years. So that's when we introduce that cash balance plan. Um, so mm-hmm. so that's another plan that I don't know too many people talk about a lot. But if you you know no. that type of income and I'll kind of talk about this on the next episode, but how that mm-hmm. works, and what is how is the cash plan plans work? What are the rules are? But mm-hmm. it's it's an it's a item that you can kind of kind of check the box once you're at that level. Uh, your income starts to increase over five hundred to a million dollars. Um, and, and also based on your age, it may be a good fit for you. That's awesome. I've never heard of it. That's a very good idea, especially yeah, yeah. when you when you at at that at the, when you reach that income level. So yeah. then, when one of one of the um, biggest things that um, that we find, especially for startups or small businesses, is Am I still frozen, Abby. Yes, you are, my oh, dear. Come on now, hold on. <laughs> so um, one of the things that um, I see that I and, and, and I understand because I'm a small business myself, too. So it's it's so hard for us to reach that that threshold. Right. To start making um, ten thousand or fifty thousand dollars a month. So um, and you may be asking, OK, Abby, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on starting my business next month. You know, what should I be looking at when it comes to obstacles? What should I be looking at when it comes to build, um, creating and building the foundation of this business? I would say one of the things you need to do that is so important is a business plan, right? Because yeah. if, if, if things are not written up, it's so hard for them to be manifest. So Absolutely. you want to start writing. You want to start putting together a business plan. And then you want to, and it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, a lot of times the reason why we don't start doing things is because we're expecting them to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect because I kid you not. I probably change my business plan every nine months. Yeah. <laughs> I'm forever changing little stuff in it. Or oh, I don't like this no more. This is what I want. But it's so important to have it available so you can tweak. So Absolutely. I would say a business plan. Number two, I would say create a budget create a budget for this business and have set some goals. The goals could literally be, Hey, listen, I want to make $250 a month. That's passive income. I want to make $500 a month by the next um, um, three to six months. Well, yeah. I want to start making, you know, a thousand dollars a month. So create a budget and start creating small goals. Don't be like me. I'm, I'm, I'm the girl that will be like, listen, I need this business to be 10 million in the next five years. And anything less, I don't want it. Yeah. No, you want to start small. Yeah. You, but think you, big. Start small, but think big, right? Start small, but think big. Yes. That it is. Um, so create a budget. 
Another thing is as this business grow, one of um, one of the things that I specifically use and you can use yourself as well, too, is stop. Stop has worked tremendously for me. What stop stands for is um, S it stands for savings. T it stands for um, tax. O it stands for operation. Um, STOP and P is stand for profit sharing. So that that's literally four accounts that I have for my business. My profit sharing account at the end of the year, I share with everyone in the firm. Right? It's it's a way for um for me to say thank you. Um, so your profit sharing is however way you want to share that money. Um, as savings. Even in your business, you need to have a saving account. Even in your save, even in your business, it's important to have a saving account. And then you want to have a tax account. So if you um, if you're looking into if you know you want to have a high tax liability by putting a percentage like five percent every month of my income goes or divided into these accounts. Okay, or divide it into these accounts. So my tax account at the end of the year, when my tax bill comes in, that tax account pays for that bill. Gotcha. Yeah. And my operation account pretty much handles the operation. So stops really, really work. Um, and, it, and, if, and stops usually help when it comes to mid-sized businesses, small business. Um, um, you can definitely use stops. So we say create a business plan, create a budget, and create these five, these four accounts to help your business grow. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Any advice you have for them, um, Christopher? I mean, I think the one of my biggest things, what I'm going to focus on is understanding on, on one of our next episodes is how, what, what strategies we can use from an investment standpoint uh, to bring down that liability a lot more. Right. And I want to kind of detail that. Like, like I said, I'll talk about the cash balance plan. I'll talk about our retirement plans. Um, I'll talk about other ways. And even from, you know, again, I don't know if we have any real estate investors, but that's another way that we need to kind of talk about, okay, how can we start to invest in real estate to do that? Right. Um, so that's one thing that I really want to focus on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, guys, that's what we have for you guys tonight. We're not going to hold you guys long. So next week we will definitely, we want to create, we're going to continue to create, um, we're going to continue to create this foundation and help you guys actually build this business from scratch. And it doesn't have to be, you know, the next Amazon. It can be, but it's okay to start small. It's okay to start small. All right. I know, um, Christopher, your success was not overnight. Yeah. Takes time. But we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Oh. <laughs> okay. yeah, one last thing, I guess. Does anybody have any questions? I mean, we didn't even do questions today. Huh? We forgot that part. Um, we, no. Um, the reason why we didn't do questions is because we didn't have any questions today, guys. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah, I, I did um, pull up questions. So don't forget if even in regards to um, um, the foundation of, of an ent- of a business, if you guys have questions, don't be shy. Make sure if you currently are running a business and you guys have questions about your current business, the structure, how to pivot um, from one entity to the other, just email us your question so we can um, we can actually assist you guys personally. Perfect. Let's do All it. Right. Yay. So, uh, yeah, man, thank you, Abby. Uh, you did a really good job tonight on that. I mean, I think this is something, a foundation that I like to think a lot of people look over uh, when it's mm-hmm. especially on that business entity, entity creation. So we'll start to do that. And um, yeah, so, you know, I've been, if that's all for tonight, I just want to say, you know, thank you again. And uh, to all our viewers, make sure you click like and subscribe. You know, I'm Christopher Bush. I'm Abby Joseph. 
And then guys, well, thank you for coming to another edition of The Red Line. I'll see you guys next week. See you guys next week. Thank you.